Sintonizando desde el túnel del Chapo por todo el mundo. It's Tuesday, May 8th. What it do? This your boy Chingo Blingo with the big tamarindo. It's three days after Chingo de Mayo. And we got to get you in that chips and salsa mood. Shout out to everybody tuning in right now, man. Everybody that subscribed. We got a good podcast for y'all today. If you're interested in being a filmmaker, if you're trying to make documentaries, if you're curious about how it is to make a movie for Netflix, you're going to like this podcast. We got the homie Miguel Martinez, man. New film. It's on Netflix right now. Go watch it. Farewell, Ferris wheel. We gonna get into it right now. Chips and sauce. Today's episode is brought to you by thecancunlife.com. We got the mystery boxes for y'all. Also, don't forget, man, we are on tour. Chingobling.com, man. You can check out all the tickets and the info. Corpus Christi all sold out for this weekend. Thank y'all for the love. And then we're headed to Florida because I got to work on my tan. We have, what was first, Tampa or Orlando? Orlando, Florida, May 23rd. Tampa, May 24th. Naples, Florida, May 27th at Ofta. Okay, we're going to be Raleigh, North Carolina. May 30th, man. Those are the upcoming dates. Don't forget, we got Houston and a whole bunch of other cool cities coming up. But, uh, yeah, man. Shout out to homie Prince Rick from Dallas. He's on the track, Chips and Salsa. So, yeah, man, let's get into the podcast. We got the homie Miguel Martinez, new film. We're going to get into it, how many years it took, how many bus rides with the carnies. You know, he uncovers some shit, man. It's a dope-ass movie. Farewell, Ferris Will. It's all about legal immigration, legal immigration, about the visas and all that, and how, like, the carnival industry is 80% raza working it. And it's crazy. All right, let's get into it right now. The What Did He Said podcast with filmmaker and photographer, artist Miguel Martinez. New film, Farewell, Ferris Will. We have we have Miguel Martinez in the house. So where, where are you at uh, these days, man? DC? What part of the world? Yeah, yeah, man. Well, first of all, man, thank you very much for having me in your podcast, man. I feel special, man. <laughs> you're you're like, dang! I get to be in one of the first episodes of the most inconsistent podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It, I, I, I'm a subscriber, man. I'm a subscriber awesome, to your podcast. Dog. Yeah, so, yeah, right now I'm in, in Washington, D.C., man. Awesome. Yeah, we're just going to chit-chat for, you know, about about an hour, if that's cool. And uh, we could talk about anything and everything, whatever. And, of course, we'll, we'll, we're going to definitely dive in to the film. So, available now, streaming on Netflix. Everybody that's tuning in. Netflix right now. Um, I, I I'm just gonna give you my take on it first, and then we'll have Miguel be like, "No, dude, that's not what I." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we watched it at home the other night, probably about a week ago, and uh, man, it, it was just like eye opening because we see carnivals, you know, all over the place all the time, and the statistics that you guys showed, like how how one gentleman was was like. 
for the past 30 years, like the plug to getting, you know, Raza connected with these uh, carnival companies or what have you. And, and just how like 80% of uh, the workers are Mexicans. So, so man. Yeah. So, so this, it was like a, many, many years of like filming it because it came out on PBS first and everything. So what year did this idea just begin? So the idea started in 2007. Well, there was an article in 2007 that came out in, uh, ah, man, in a newspaper from Texas. Which newspaper it was, I cannot remember. It was talking about how the carnivals were um, going away in the United States. And... um, yeah, you were not going to have any more carnivals. And and so, first of all, that was interesting because, you know, a carnival is something very American. You know, it's one of the oldest professions. I think uh, uh, magic and prostitution, then carnivals. <laughs> magic, be- magic before prostitution? What? Yeah, or, or by, you know, vice versa. One of, yeah, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Um, but... Uh, yeah, so the, the whole, um, idea with Jamie, Jamie Sisley, he's, he's the co-director and producer of the film. Um, him and I sat down at a Starbucks, I think in 2007 and 2008, we started filming. Uh, and so it took about 10 years to, to, to make this film. But like how many film festival film festival awards later um you know they had you talking about it at the white house i mean you're dealing with pbs and and not only that but ultimately um just the impact that the film is gonna make is we probably you know it's for years to come yeah and you know it's it's um you know, it's funny because when you start a project, and, and, I'm, and I know you know this, when we start a project, um, you don't know what it's going to do. Like, it, there's no guarantee it's going to be successful. Um, so we started this project just as, um, you know, something to do, something to, to just, uh, uh, you know, try. Because actually, Jamie, um, he used to work in the, in the music industry. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, we we connected through mutual friends and he, you know, we were like talking and we're like, hey, let's make a short. Let's make a short. We'll film during the summer, uh, edit during the winter, fall slash winter and put it out um, springtime or summertime on YouTube. And that was it. You know, that, that was the whole idea for his film. Uh, but then all of a sudden we got into uh, this company called ITVS, which is uh, you know one of the biggest companies for uh, documentaries, and um, you know just things started to roll. And and we are first time. Well, at the time we were first time filmmakers. Uh, we didn't know what we were doing, so it took a lot of you know uh, learning and and yeah, we were just getting into a new world that we didn't know. You know, um, but then we got lucky. We we won at the Tribeca um, during the Tribeca Film Festival, and then uh, PBS. We got involved with PBS uh, Latino Public Broadcasting. Um, then another company called Firelight Media came in, and just things started rolling. And finally, in 2016, we put out the film. It 
it got great reviews and so far we haven't gotten a bad review we're waiting on the bad reviews but we haven't gotten wow. any bad reviews well, so far I, I guess the um maybe not like the racist but like people that are just like his name's miguel i'm anti miguel <laughs> that's not an american name so the, the to, to give the listeners um a little backstory uh i went to school with a gentleman named paco garay who was valedictorian uh, thanks to Paco, I didn't win any Hispanic academic <laughs> awards. Um, most kids at, at our prep school, most kids, when we'd break rules, it'd be like sneaking into the girls' dorm or like, you know, not coming in on time for check-in in the dorm. Paco, his way of breaking the rules was like 2, 3 in the morning, his lights are still on because he's secretly doing homework and reading. <laughs> That's Paco, man. That's Paco. Valid and by the way, he says hi, man. I told him I was going to talk to you today. Oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah, so so I, I meet Miguel in, when I was doing uh, the improv in D.C., and somehow it came up. You're like, hey, dude, you went to school with a dude I went to school with in Mexico. Right? Is that yeah. kind of how it happened? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I, don't know, we, I forgot what we were talking. Oh, you know what it was? Uh, the reason I find, found out that you went to school with uh, Paco it's because I um, you did the Canelo impression, and I posted it on our WhatsApp uh, little conversation, you know, that we have going. And he's like, "Yo, that's that's Chingo. I know him. We went to school together." I'm like, "What?" And so, uh, yeah, that's how I knew you. You know, you guys knew each other. Yeah, man. So uh, we we I know super small world. Um, I want to visit San Miguel still at some point. And um, and yeah, then, you know you have an open invitation, man. So anytime you want to come through, Marisol as well. Say hello to Marisol. As, Hi. As soon as she has this baby, uh, <laughs> I know. Congratulations to thank, both of you. Thank you. So yeah, we, we definitely want our you know the kids to be uh, well traveled, especially you know in the motherland. Um, so yeah, I wanna I wanna definitely go check out San Miguel. But man, the just going back to farewell Ferris wheel, um, it it had elements of like, damn, that's kind of sad, you know. But it, it's it's a whole nother end. It's like the same story in terms of like, yeah, Rasa, you know, works hard. But it's like, I didn't know we did that too, you know. We always yeah. see, especially when you think like seasonal work or like migrant, you think um, you know, farmland, vegetables or fruit or whatever. And it's like we're literally. Not only are we like building stuff and repairing stuff and cleaning stuff and raising other people's kids and all this, but like we're even in the carnival, <laughs> the carnival. Yeah, and 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 you know it's um, so we made a conscious decision to to choose the carnival because that's a very American thing, you know, and everyone knows about a carnival. Uh, there, the H two B visa is used in other like hotels. Uh, lumber, um, the crabbing industry here in Maryland, you know, where they catch crabs, uh, and also uh, wineries uh, in Napa, they use this H2E visa, but we wanted something relatable. We wanted people to relate to this. Even if you haven't been to a carnival, you know what a carnival is, because you can drive through them, you know, past whatever town, you know, and um, and what was really interesting is that this is something very American and it's being supported by immigrants, just like the country. Yeah. And and 
we also made a conscious decision with uh, with the film, with the music it, itself. If you pay attention, um, you uh, the music was just a seasoning. Uh, we didn't make it right in your face. And even when you go to Mexico, you don't hear any trumpets or anything like that to tell you like, hey, you're in Mexico now. Uh, the reason we did that is because we wanted people to look at the issue, pay attention to the issue instead of um, your subconscious. You know, if you hear uh, if you don't like Latinos or whatever, if you hear a trumpet, all of a sudden, you know, oh, another Mexican film and, and a wall goes up, you know, uh, no pun intended. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, um, you know, we, we made the conscious decision not to put any like trumpets or anything because uh, we just wanted people to pay attention to the issue, and and as you saw in the film, we humanized everyone from the quote unquote the bad guy to the middleman to to the immigrants. We humanized everyone uh, because at the end of the day, we want people to pay attention to the issue and make a change. Um, you know, there's a lot of immigration films, but there wasn't. Uh, there's not a lot le with legal immigration as a subject. So you know, You're right. I can't. We wanted we wanted to create something different, and we wanted people to, um, if you're for or against, we just wanted to make you think. Yeah, and you guys like pinpointed not only like some of the faces and names, and like followed a lot of these, um, I guess like characters. You know, whether it's like the workers, the dude that the dude that was um, uh, slanging tickets. Um, you yeah. know, so you didn't you didn't make him out to look like a saint, and he wasn't concerned with that either. Uh, he had his reasons, and then you had um, I don't want to like spoiler alert, um, <laughs> but even like the gentleman, we they show different sides of the the gentleman that would even go back to Mexico at, to like recruit more people. But right. you, you can kind of tell some people were a little suspicious of him, and everything from um, the guys who who actually owned and operated the carnival. Which is which is an interesting business, by the way, because one of them dudes looked like an Italian mobster. Like, you know which one I'm talking about? I know, right? He was like straight up at the Sopranos, like you know, um, putting pressure on the unions and stuff. But he was, you know, managing this, you know, carny thing. And um, and and that's interesting too. How you said um, you didn't want to give people certain cues through the the music or you didn't want to paint a picture too much um i, I noticed y'all use like some americana like banjos and stuff yeah or we did we did and, and that was the same reason even you know it's 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 um trust me after 10 years of of you know like working with the film um we we had time to to pay attention to details and that was one of the biggest details. Um, I love music. I love all genres of music. And again, I just we didn't want uh, to people to bring up a wall and not see the problem. Uh, yeah, not see the problem. So we made a conscious decision. Like you know, uh, carnivals are very American. Let's do some Americana music. Mm -hmm. And for Mexico, we did the same thing. What we didn't actually. We made it sound like Americana music, but we used instruments, Mexican instruments from that would be used in the 40s or you know the 30s. And as a matter of fact, uh, Will Dog from Osamadli 
help with uh, with some of that that section for the the Mexican part. And then we had a um, another uh, guy who scored a film who's amazing. He lives in Texas as well. So yeah, no, it's uh, you know we made a conscious decision. Uh, so how was it at the White House? What what went down concerning this film? And you know it's. Um, it's crazy because one again like I said when you when you start to create something you don't know where it's gonna take you uh, so just the fact that we got invited to the White House to talk about the film itself it, it was just a big shock I mean just winning an award with something that you create it's like wait a minute what you know mm-hmm. uh, but just to get invited to the to the White House because of something that you created that's um, that's crazy and um, it was during the AFI documentary uh, season, and it was when Obama was still present, obviously, because, you know, now yeah. I, I can't even get as close. <laughs> I, I remember when you came, when you guys came here, uh, that we went to the White House? Well, anyway, mm-hmm. back then you could get close to the fence. Now you can't even get close to the fence at all. So, oh. so you guys got some of the... The pictures where you actually are close to the fence. Oh, so man, I didn't know we were doing something exclusive. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, no, but the whole the whole thing it's kind of like a like a blur to be honest with you, because uh, it's it's something that um, it's it's very surreal. And so I'll be honest with you, there's very few little things that I do remember from that, and and it's not me trying to be like, oh, you know. But it's just something that, just imagine, like an immigrant kid coming to, to this country, and then all of a sudden I'm, I'm in this house that's the White House, and it's just, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's just crazy, man. So what is the current state of the H-2B visa? Like, what's, how's that? Um, it, so uh, one of the, the reasons why the, the film took so long to, uh, um, to create, uh, it's because the laws keep changing a lot. Like pretty much every day, the laws keep changing for the H-2B visa. Uh, at the moment, uh, the last time I heard, I think they're, um, uh, it, it, first of all, it's really hard to keep up with this because literally like every other day, new things come up with the H-2B visa. And the last email I got, it was, uh, as a matter of fact, I don't want to misquote it, man. Uh, uh, if you give me one second, uh, sure. I can look. But it was something like they want to cut the, the number of visas down uh, for for this for this year. Uh, but that's something that's not going to happen. Uh, one, Trump uses a visa in all his hotels and resorts for for, uh, uh, for staffing and employees. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that, you know, that'll hurt his pockets. <laughs> exactly, man. Exactly, and 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 you know. I also don't want to say a lot about yeah, the, yeah, the visa yeah. and the film because you yeah. know I, I want people to watch it. Of course. But, um, but yeah, like this is a very controversial visa, and the laws keep switching back and forth. It's more about the numbers more than anything. Like how many how many visas are gonna be handed out this year, or how many visas are gonna get blocked. Um, that's pretty much what's happening at the moment with it. Um, sorry, I'm very vague on this. Yeah, uh, no, it's just. Cool. It's just a lot of, uh, it, it, you know, a lot of changes that happen with this visa. Yeah. Well, that's that's the nature of um, of politics and and laws and stuff, which I'm I'm fuzzy on 
just the entire process. <laughs> and and Dude, you, you live right where like how many like what percentage of people in DC have like government related jobs? I mean, not like an exact number, but just like that's the industry. I, I mean, like eighty percent of the people that live here, man, or ninety percent of the people, it's all government based. You know, I'm one of the very few people that that it's in the arts. Uh, the art community is very small here, but you, you know, we're a strong community. Pocos pero locos. But uh, yeah, again, it's it's. it's all pretty much everybody that's here um it, it's in politics um yeah so uh, this is like super off subject are you familiar with um mumbo sauce mumbo sauce the wait it sounds familiar man tell me a little well um we saw some like food uh, which one of these food documentaries also on netflix and um which one was it? But man, it long, sounds familiar though. I'm not sure if it was uh, uh ugly delicious, but long story short, it's a it's like a it's like a at the hood Chinese joints in the hood, like where they sell chicken wings and rice. It's that little sweet. It's like a sweet and sour ketchup spicy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right, right. It's a DC thing, and and uh, I, I I ordered a couple bottles, so. I, <laughs> Yes. Yeah, 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 man. Sorry, like you said, you went off topic, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm like thinking like politics and then... Uh, no, like, oh, mumbo yeah, sauce. what you're talking about, man. You're like, mumbo sauce. Is that when Obama had put this uh, <laughs> this new initiative in place? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I got you, I got you. Yeah, man, I know about it. <laughs> yeah, we're looking forward to um, going back to D.C. It's, it's a cool city. And um, <clears throat> back in my music days, I never really got to... Um, go out there or explore but now with comedy uh we're getting hit it up from time to time and then there's also that big uh, latino chef what, what's his name jose andres uh, have, are his spots pretty good yeah yeah no they're they're really good man he's got i mean he's got dc locked down uh, on one block he has as one two three i think he's got four restaurants in one block man trap houses yeah, I'm but, telling. But it's, but it's all it, Me- is it all Mexican or? No, no, no. It's it's uh, it's one. It's called Oyamel. That's Mexican. Uh, there's another one that he just came up with, which is with, which is Tacos al uh, Chinese and and Mexican food combined. What? Yeah, man. It's right across from his Mexican restaurant. It's crazy. Sam and I. then right next door, he has another one. It's called Tapas, which is Spanish food. And then a block from there, he's got a Greek restaurant. Um, so he's got the block, and he's got everything locked down. Every here, genre. Yeah. Ch- Chinese Mexican, cachichen. <laughs> Así se dice 99 en chino, güey, cachichen. Cachichen. <laughs> <laughs> we went, uh, speaking of fancy Mexican uh, cuisine, we went to a place, I don't want to dog these people. On uh, on my podcast, but <laughs> es que los precios, wey. Uh, the place is called Hugo's. <laughs> it's in <Dear>. Houston. <laughs> no, no, no. It's in Houston. I, I guess I'm just trying to make like a social, class, political type of point. But um, <clears throat> apparently it's like a. It's like maybe this is the militant side of me speaking, right? But it's like a a chef. And it's it's Mexican like 
mostly it seems like the FS style because we had like grasshoppers and and, yeah, yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. But um, and and I'm not like complaining about the the price. You know, I don't I don't mind paying. It's just that you know after you're done eating and they give you like that little spoonful of a a, a refried black beans. It's like literally like a dollop, and it's like oh shit, these are chef servings. Like this shit's supposed to look pretty, and um. Uh, Afterwards, we're like, all right, dude, we gotta hit a, like a taqueria after this or something, just to, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. But maybe, and, uh, mm -hmm. that's 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 how it is, man. Same thing with uh, Jose Andres, man. They're like top chefs, you know. And and if you go to the restaurants, it's like you get the best of the best, and uh, and, and you still, you know, you still have to hit a taqueria somewhere afterwards. <laughs> after the dollop of uh, uh, frijoles wears off. Exactly. Man. Okay, so I'm using this new uh, audio recorder, and uh, I tested it earlier, but uh, I think we're good. I'm seeing yeah? the little... Yeah, I think we're good. I just want to double check. But um, so going back to Farewell, Ferris Will, so it was a 10-year a process. What percentage of that was like, all right, dude, we got to go pick up some shots in Mexico versus like, no, it's all in the can. We're just editing or waiting for distribution or... So filming, filming, it took six years. We we filmed for six years straight. Uh, we started in 2008, and you know what's crazy? It just reminds me. Um, so we started in 2008, and it was about the time that uh, the cartels in Mexico were were kind of kind of starting to to you know be be put on the the, uh, the spotlight, mm -hmm. and so I'm. I remember going 2008 slash 2009. Uh, we went to the town Tlapacoyan, very beautiful town in, in Veracruz, and it was like I don't know. It was like 10 o'clock at night. People out in the streets. Uh, they were, you know, it's like families out in the center of town and all that good stuff. Then we went back the the year after 2009 or 2010. I can remember five o'clock nobody outside man all you saw were like the the army with the m16s just driving up and down mm -hmm. and it was a surreal feeling and it was about the time when they were killing uh, uh like the media and we didn't want to get mistaken with media uh obviously and so uh yeah it, it was it was it was scary but it was uh it was an experience man it was an experience and we actually got to, um, you know, drive, or not drive, but we, we came up from Mexico all the way to Baltimore, from Veracruz to Baltimore, which it took about a week uh, on the bus with, with, the, with the workers, so we got to film their, their whole uh, journey and all that stuff, but yeah, it took about six years to film nonstop, and then uh, the rest of the time it was editing and, and you know, just doing the business side. Man, so how much time was spent with each um, worker? To we try to story? spend us, yeah. We with uh, so we tried to. Um, so the the way we did this film, and um, we have. Uh, I'm a co-director. Uh, Jamie's a co-director as well. Jamie, he's he's a white boy. Um, because the way that we shot this, whenever he, uh, 
we were here in the U.S. or he was talking to Jim or Peter, he would direct. Yeah. Because they would open up so much more to him. And then when it was the turn to, to film the, you know, the Mexican workers, I would direct mm. and, because they would open up to us. So we got to spend time with each and every <laughs> single one of them uh, about equally the same time. I, I, yeah, it was about equal time. Um, because once, uh, I don't want to give away uh, part of the film, but, but at the end, you know, like um, uh, Florencio, well, I shouldn't say that. Uh, we spent we spend equally equal time with with every single uh, person on the film with each character, uh, and we felt that we needed to do that because again this is uh, you know shooting a documentary uh, you have to shoot everything because you don't know what you're gonna use you don't know what's gonna happen it's not like a fictional film where you can say Shot okay this. cut and let, let's do this again you can't because so, you don't you don't know this how the story is gonna take shape just quite yet right. Exactly, and, and and after six years, you know, we had many stories that we could have gone with, uh, but at the, you know, before we started the film, Jamie and I, we, um, you know, we made sure that the film it was going to be about education. We needed to educate people about this visa, and we hope that that came through with the film. Um, and we also we didn't want to tell you. Um, how to feel or you know at the end of the movie we just wanted to show you the problem and it's up to you as a viewer on what steps you can you can take uh but going back to, to the question yeah we spend well, equal time with everyone yeah this is definitely a, a documentary i want to watch again you know more than once just to kind of like soak it all in because you know i got sucked into like the characters and like the storyline of like the sacrifice that they're making and how they're sending money home or their, you know, their family and just the dynamics of at the workplace, like what happens if they get hurt, you know, things like that. Yeah. But, um, but I want to go back and watch it just to kind of get a second look at, okay, you know, what's good and what's bad about this visa. Like the good thing is people get to come and work, you know, and I guess the, 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 the carnival operators, I mean, they have a business now, thanks to this. Otherwise, it wouldn't work. As, as, uh, if you watch it, Farewell Ferris Wheel on Netflix, you'll see. But, um, so I guess it's one of those like mixed type of things, huh? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's um, at the end of the day, Again, you know, this film, we show you the human side of everyone. And, um, you know, personally speaking, and, and you know, you know Baco and you know, like, um, uh, you know, the background of where I was born in San Miguel. I'm pretty sure he told you about San Miguel. Uh, I think, you know, Baco and I and every one of our friends, we're lucky to have been born in a, in a town like San Miguel, mm -hmm. uh, which is you know diverse, mm -hmm. and and so when we, so when my family made the choice to come to the United States, immigration became a part of my life, uh, whether I wanted it or not. It automatically, as soon as I crossed the border, it just became part of me, um, and so, uh, you know this this film. 
we didn't want it to be like, oh, here's another immigration film. We wanted to create a film about humanity, in, in a sense, uh, because it's all about human rights. And we're not telling you, you know, like, you know, uh, a certain a certain community is bad and a certain community is good. Uh, we just wanted to show you, look, these are human beings. They're trying to do the best that they can with what they have. And unfortunately, somebody's going to look like the bad person. Somebody's going to look like the, the good person. And it depends uh, what lens you're looking through it or what your background is, you know, that good or bad is going to change, you know, because mm -hmm. we've seen some communities be like, oh, he's a bad person, and then other communities say, no, he's a good person, you know, that's, it's, it's, it's a very interesting thing. To see the, the interpretation. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> well, the part that, to me, uh, one of the parts that was, like, super interesting is when it went to, I don't know if that was, like, Congress or whatever that was, like, the... yeah. Yeah, Congress. Yeah, okay, that's what it was. So, like, you had the the people who were speaking on behalf of the like workers' rights, and then you had like, I guess, more of the business rights type of people, and yeah. the, the argument, and like, I mean, you know, the debate or the some of the points that were used. You know, like you said, you can look at it from different angles, and there's ways to spin it or justify it. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and, 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 you know, it's like uh, we, we get a lot of comments from that section because you see the introduction of one and then you see the introduction of the other. And it's just like, you know, the balance is very off. Uh, but no, it's, it's uh, you know, we, I think we did the job on, on, on making it very even, like an even playing field for everyone. So you can just, we can just show you the, the issue uh -huh. and 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 then you can make your own assumption you know as the viewer yeah you, you guys displayed just how like like of a sticky situation it is you know it's one of those like damn if you do damn if you don't and, and right it's almost like uh like you know all those those little mission impossible laser beam things you got to like crawl through it's like those are all the little issues if it's like oh but if you go through here you know this affects that yeah, yeah, and and trust me, man, the editing process for this was crazy because we had, uh, you know, we had footage. I mean, six years of, many, of it. How many like terabytes or how many drives? So I think we have. Uh, I think it were, we have like either three or four terabytes um, of of film. Just footage. you know. Yeah, footage, and and then. Of course, yeah, 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 yeah. And so we had to comb through all of that. Of course, when you're filming, you have to, like, that same day, you have to write down notes and you have to, like, make selects because otherwise, you know, going back through it, when you start editing, you know, it would take you a long, long time. So, but we had some great editors that helped out and, and um, you know, we feel extremely lucky with all the people that were involved with the film uh, and... and yeah, man. Dude, so when you were on that bus for a week from Veracruz to Maryland, um, you were having to, like, charge batteries and, like, like take care of the lens. And how, how does that work just pr from a production standpoint? Well, the... the yeah, so... <laughs> uh, um, we, we just bought a 
shit ton of batteries, man, to tell you the truth, because um, we knew that we were going to be on that bus, and at every rest stop that we could, uh, we would just, like, plug in the batteries and start charging as much as we could, because, you know, like, you're on the road, like, and we didn't, like, we've never done that trip before, you know, Jamie and I, so we didn't know what to expect, and we always have to be filming, and um, thank God that, you know, it's like, uh, it was the same thing over and over again, so we filmed for a little bit, and then we're like, oh yeah, nothing has changed, you know, let's, uh, you know, let's uh, just wait and, and film later on, but but yeah, man, just a, a whole bunch of batteries. So, so you guys chose to go like the film festival route or how did that come about like was that a choice yeah so um again we you know after pretty much at the time it was like eight years um of just viewing the film working with the film and um just seeing the film pretty much every single day you didn't know what well when I say you, we, we didn't know what we had, you know, like it just becomes known footage that, that you forget whether it's good or, or if it's bad, would you start to doubt yourself, you know, like, is this a good film? Is this not a good film? And so, um, we, we did a lot of, you know, like, uh, uh, screenings and of course, with the help of our, um, uh, editors, uh, they refined it and they were like, yeah, this is good for a film festival, you know, like you guys should just start to go with that route. And a lot of films too, a lot of films go that route. And so we decided to, to go through the, the film festival route and, um, AFI picked it up, which was the first, uh, uh, film festival that we got in, uh, officially with the film completed. And um, it couldn't have been a better, better festival because it's here in Washington D.C. and it dealt with politics and and you know the film is you know a lot of people think that the film is about carnivals and and, and Ferris wheels, but you know it's truly not. It's about legal immigration, and I think a lot of it has to do because of the 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 title of it. Um, to be honest, we came up with that title. It was the first title we came up with because. Again, from that uh, newspaper, it said that the film was gonna—I mean, the film—the the carnival was gonna, was gonna fade, gonna fade away, and so you know, farewell, Ferris wheel. And we had a chance to change the title, but we were like, we couldn't come up with anything. It has, a, it has a ring to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we just stuck with it. We're like, yeah, you see, like as it is. But that's why we went the the festival route because you know, again, uh, uh, people thought that that would be the best the best thing and uh, you know and as you know like when you have a great team you have to listen to them um you know and you have to go with what your gut tells you and so we went that route and and it did pretty well so did you guys contact like initially did you guys contact the um the carnival owner operators or did y'all like find the crew for like how'd y'all decide hey man we want to follow you with cameras uh no we actually and and it, it, the people that we were out there, it was just me and Jamie filming, and then we had an audio guy, and then uh, uh, you know the the. But that was it as far as like 
the crew, 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 the main crew. So it was like uh, three people all the time. Uh, sometimes it was just two people, um, you know, just shooting and the audio. And Jamie and I, again, um, when we started the film, we thought it was just going to be like a, um, you know, like a little short on YouTube. So we just decided to approach ourselves. Um, we approached Peter. Uh, we did, you know, we wanted a um, carnival that that would hire the people that came from Tlapacoyan because that was the place that, you know, like 80% of people came from uh, for the carnivals. So we, we, we searched and we got lucky that one of the carnivals here in Maryland hired people from Tlapacoyan. And so, um, so yeah, we approached Peter first. And then the rest just, you know, just happened. And at any point, were they, like, nervous? Like, man, they're going to expose something, like some poor working conditions or something? Uh, no. Um, I'll be completely honest with you. Um, I think that for us, you know, for us, the viewers from the outside who are not involved in this world. For us, I think that the living conditions, they don't look that great. Mm -hmm. But I think for some of the people that live, and I'm talking about the owners, um, some of the, the owners that, that live day in and day out, and it's been through generations, they're so used to those living conditions that they don't see anything wrong with them. So you know they, what I mean? They don't bat uh, an eye. It's just the way it is. Exactly. So when I do remember when Jamie and I, you know, came in and shot for the first time at these, you know, where they lived, you know, it, it kind of threw us back. We're like, you know, this is crazy. And and we were like, I, I, we're not sure why they're letting us film here, you know, but... Uh, but then we realized that I think it's it's what they know, like what the owners know. Now, let me tell you, there are some really nice uh, carnivals with uh, a crap ton of money uh, that that they do have really nice living conditions. But, you know, uh, most of them are like this. Man, and I wonder how many years it's it's been like i mean like you said carnivals are a super old you know american uh, institution and and it's like in the beginning you know like we've been using mexicans or and when people think like carny there's like a whole nother stereotype comes up but yeah. uh, it's almost like these are the machine behind you know these 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 workers that are in chinga like subiéndose armando todo you know making it work claro breaking it down moving to the next town it's crazy yeah no it's hard work man and and to be honest like after i, I shot this film i i, I don't want to get on any rights uh <laughs> just because of the you know like the hours they work you know uh and it's not that they're um shitty rides or whatever uh it's just the the fact that these workers they work for so long that they're bound to get tired you know and and it's you know like 
maybe a screw is not put on tight or something like that you, see, you know that's gonna be my excuse because i don't like rides and uh that's gonna be my new excuse it's like dude in the documentary it says you got that <laughs> dad you're scared no 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 i have netflix Yo, yeah, no watch know. this documentary trust me <laughs> how um the workers families how comfortable were they with the cameras and you know uh, they were not that comfortable, to be honest. Um, yeah, we, it took about two years, two years to, to get them to open up and, uh, and just to be comfortable around the cameras. It, it was funny because, you know, you, you explain to them as much, as best as you can that, look, we're going to have to film everything. Like, if you get mad, we're going to have to film it. If you cry, we're going to have to film it. If you get hurt or whatever we're gonna have to film it and so they're like no yeah yeah yeah, we understand we understand yeah i got it i got it perfect and so you know it's like as soon as you bring up the camera everything is silent and everybody's like a statue yeah. and you're like uh Dang. Do go ahead go ahead go home with your lives you know and so it took about two years for them to really get comfortable and really start to open up so, you know, what you see on the film is, is, is six years of hard work, you know, just working on, on the characters. And, and uh, it's crazy, six years boiled down to, like, so what you saw was the TV version. So it's, like, 56 minutes. and uh, But the, the, the festival version is, like, an hour and 20. So we had to, you know, shrink six years into an hour and 20 so you know, those, in, in 56 minutes so those 20 minutes y'all were just like trying to trim fat like find yeah something yeah man yeah and it was extremely hard let me tell you because we already like bring it bringing it down to an hour and 20 it, it was extremely hard and then when you know uh, pbs was like you know we're gonna need it to be 56 minutes on the dot we're like Okay, we gotta we gotta figure out something, and so yeah, we did it, and uh, yeah. So so let me ask you, man. I know it's a, like a ton of production questions and logistics, ah, but go ahead, go you, ahead. When you were, let's just say, a year into filming, did you already have like, was it still a YouTube type of idea, or was it like, oh shit, PBS called or the ITV? Yes. Uh, yeah. No. Like uh, once. So again, this was a, a while back ago. Uh, so my timeline may mm -hmm. be a little bit off. But you know, after our initial meeting and uh, and then not too long after we started filming, you know, our little trailer or you know just to see if we could even do it, right? Um, so about a, I want to say like a few months later, but I know it's longer than that. It just seems like a few months later, we we uh, applied to an open call for ITVS and we were selected as one of the films uh, to get some money. And so as soon as we got selected and we got this big check at the time, we were like, "Oh, this is a lot of money." Um, uh, you know, we we knew it wasn't going to be a, a a YouTube thing anymore. Now this it, this had to be like a legit film and and. And Since was, we were first-time filmmakers, that you know that that was a scary thing. And that was um a few months in. Yeah, yeah. Again, don't quote me on that. Mm -hmm. It's been a while, man. So, so but within but the yeah, first yeah. year. 
within the first year, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's Most awesome. Definitely. That's awesome. So, have you been busy with uh, some of your uh, musician friends, like doing photography or anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we. Uh, so right now, uh, I've been working with Orishas. Uh, you know, the Cuban hip hop group. Uh, so I've been working with them. Um, the last year I toured with them, um, and and so now they're finishing up the album. And I haven't seen them this year, uh, just because they're finishing up the album. They've been in the studio, and then um, so. So yeah, I've been been busy with them, and then also Matli. Uh, you know, I've been working with also Matli as well. Uh, I'm about to at some point. Uh, I'm gonna go to uh, to LA and shoot a music video for them. Um, and Delinquent Habits, same thing. You know, just working with them, and uh, yeah. Just try to keep busy, man, and try to promote the film. Hello, the passes by Houston, Buenos Tacos. Have you have you ever been here, to Houston? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I have a, a great friend over there. His name he goes by Jay Unico. He he's a rapper, um, and he's from the you know I met him through Chemo from Delinquent Habits, and um, but I, I like I have been there once. As a matter of fact, when when my parents and I came to the U.S., we stopped at Houston because we had an uncle there, and so but now my uncle has moved to Mexico. And uh, but but yeah that yeah I've been to Houston a couple of times but not in the in the sense of like ah I have time here you yeah. know let me go kick it I don't know Houston like that I, I just you know yeah so so when you're when you're done shooting those other videos we can do one down here we'll, we'll talk numbers that's <laughs> yeah yes so hey so uh, another production qu a question I'm curious because because you guys did start the process uh, years ago. What kind of camera was out at that time that y'all so, use? Yeah, so the camera that we first used was a Sony Z1U. It was a mini DV tape. Oh, it was man. no HD. It was no mini you know, DV. Wow. Yeah, mini DV, man. That's what we started with. And then Canon came out with the 5 and the 70. And that's what we shot the whole movie with with those two with the 5d and the 7d we shot the movie with those with those uh with those cameras well it looks it looks great amazing and um any of the mini dv footage make the cut yeah yeah it it's um there's a section where uh they're talking about some of the worker rights people came in and filmed uh, and so we used the mini DV footage to make it seem like it was their own footage, you know. Uh, uh, but most of the, like, yeah, most of the, most of the film uh, is, is, yeah, yeah, most of the film is uh, the 5 or the 7D. I, I went ahead and, and bought a Panasonic. It should be here in a couple of days. Uh, yeah, the nice, G man. Let me know how you like it. Yeah, the GH5 uh, and a lens. There, there were so many options, man. I, I got overwhelmed and... I've been delaying, delaying that decision only because I was just overwhelmed with information. It's like, okay, after we get back from that trip, I'll ask you know these other couple people what they think, and it, it was always like Sony, Canon, you know, Panasonic. Yeah, and, and, and to be honest, man, um, 
I don't. When it comes to equipment, everything's so good now that that is just your preference. You know, your personal preference. Um, I, I've shot a legit music video, and I've shot a video for Google uh, on a phone. Um, and and people don't know that I shot it on phones until they ask, like, "What did you use?" I'm like, "I used my phone." That's it. We're we're gonna um. We're going to vlog tomorrow, I believe. We're going to go buy the stuff that we need for uh, the home birth that we're, uh, that we're yeah, going to yeah, be having. Yeah, yeah. And um, I was like, man, if we got to go buy all this stuff at Home Depot, like, let's just use the phones. I don't feel like maybe if the new camera comes in on time, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. No, I'm telling you, man, uh, the phones nowadays. And, and, and it's funny because the, the reason I... I shot a couple of videos on the phone was because um, so I was teaching this uh, middle school class and uh, one of my kids was like you know I would love to do what you do but I can't because I don't have the money to buy that equipment and I'm like you know what you don't need this equipment I'm like what do you have in your hand and he's like I, I just have my phone I'm like exactly you shoot on the phone and, and he was like but it's not gonna look as good as yours and I'm like alright you know what check this out because um, I used to teach every Wednesday and I'm like next Wednesday I'll be back and I'll have a music video for you and I'll show you what you can do with an iPhone and so um, I called up a couple of friends we shot this music video a legit music video for uh, an actual like record label and um, and we shot it and these guys showed it to their record label and I showed it to, to one of my students, and my student was like, ah, you didn't shoot that with the phone. I'm like, yeah, I did. And I showed him a couple of, like, you know, behind the scenes. He's like, I cannot believe it. Then the record label, they were like, what did you shoot this with? And they're like, an iPhone. And they're like, no, you didn't. But, yeah, it's like that that good, man. It just looks like, like I shot it in a regular camera, man. But nowadays, like, technology is so so out there that you can just use your phone well that's it sounds like you're challenging me to this better be the best vlog like hey dude if a middle schooler can do it chingo i mean you're <laughs> yeah orale chingo <laughs> a chingarle a chingarle no excuses yeah man uh, yeah but you know for for i don't know what what phone you have but um you know i recommend lenses for it it's a company called moment lens Moment lenses? Moment? Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, they make the, the best lenses for the iPhone, man. And they just came up with an anamorphic lens that's going to ship in June. And so I can't wait to grab my hands on it and create something. Maybe maybe the new Chingo Bling video is going to be shot on an iPhone with an anamorphic lens, man. What, what does that mean, anamorphic? So you know how... Um, you have the the black bars at the bottom and at the uh, at the top and the bottom. Mm -hmm. Well, a lot of people that don't have anamorphic lenses, they add them, Impulse. and so they they cut like you know like the image. So with an anamorphic lens, you don't have to cut that. So it's like you're shooting everything. It's like very cinematic. You're shooting wide angle and you're shooting everything, and and you still get those black bars at the top. It's for, you know, it's like very cinematic, you know. They, do they have, well, it's probably a dumb question. Uh, I'm assuming they have anamorphic lenses for like the Panasonic <laughs> GH5. It, uh, I don't know about that, but 
they're they're super expensive because those are like what you know Hollywood uses, oh. and so this is gonna be the first anamorphic lens for a Same iPhone and, or not an iPhone, but for a phone. I keep saying iPhone for a regular phone. Um, yeah, so yeah, there hasn't been not to my knowledge. I don't think there nobody has ever made one for 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 a phone or. Yeah, you can get an adapter and, and attach the anamorphic lens to, to like the cameras, man. Um, and the moment, like the what you're gonna get. And the moment lenses, um, they don't sell those at the iPhone, the Apple Store. Uh, they might now. They might, uh, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. But you can order them on on Amazon, and you can have their the, pretty much say. Yeah, you had DM'd me. Uh, I think a link and stuff so I'll go through yeah my it's yeah it's called a uh, moment like you capture a moment uh-huh. yeah I'll, I'll text you again also awesome. the, the link so so um farewell ferris wheel will that be up for like indefinitely and in ne- on netflix or no right now we um uh we have a contract for one year with them Mm-hmm. And so it just it depends what it does, um, you know. And hopefully, you know, uh, hopefully a few things that that are happening with the film might make them change their mind. So we well, we shall see, man. We shall see. Well, hey, let the cat out the bag right here exclusively on. No, nah, no, nah, bro, no. That that's for another. That's for part two, man. I gotta be able to come back to your uh, podcast. Again, yeah, man. for sure. So um, so out of all of the film festivals y'all submitted to, were you there? Were you, were you guys there physically, or y'all just like sent it in? Uh, uh we were there for us uh for a few because a lot of the film festivals also count. Ca- you know they kind of overlap so we just had to pick and choose um which ones we we were able to go and uh but no we we were there whenever we could oh yeah yeah did, did you so, uh, did y'all did this run in sundance no 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 so because of the timing that the film came out um yeah the timing so it's funny because um you know the the reset administration made our film come a little bit before or or, or scheduled time you know because of his uh introduction what he said you know like you know all mexicans are rapists all, you know all that shit um yeah pbs and, and and other other companies they were like no we gotta put it out as soon as possible and so you know uh which was cool, but but we also missed the deadlines on on a couple of uh, film festivals. Well, yeah, that that's a. I mean, you guys were featured in a whole bunch. Y'all won at a whole bunch of them, and so I mean, that's a good trade off. Like, hey, the time is now. Everyone, all of a sudden, all the parties involved want to like jump on it, mash the gas. That's a good sacrifice, you know, like. Yeah, no, we're we're extremely happy with the film and, and how it came out, you know, and and you know, again, we we haven't gotten a bad review, which is crazy to us, and and um, but again, we know it's coming, um, but it's it's uh, it's a nice surprise, man. After working on it for ten years, again, you kind of lose track of what you have, if it's good, if it's not, and then when you put it out there, you just hope for the best. Uh, um and and thankfully you know things are going well with the film and we got 
to be on PBS, and now it's on Netflix, uh, which now Netflix is king, you know, mm. and so, you know, we're, we're extremely proud, and we feel extremely lucky uh, to be on this platform. So is your next project going to be a documentary? Or? Um, to be honest, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking for myself here. Um, I'm one of those people that, that I like to, uh, whatever interests, interests me, that's what I'll do, uh, in the sense of video and photography, not like, you yeah. know, I'll be a rapper or, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, but, uh, yeah, I'm not coming for your job, Chingo. I'm not, I'm not great as a comedian, man. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the next project will be right now. Just, uh. Uh, you know, I'm having fun uh, just uh, with this photography thing and, and, and just like uh, being able to uh, take portraits of some incredible people. And I, I think uh, also just for how long the, the film took to make and I just need like instant gratification at the moment. And I think photography is giving me that, you know, because I just snap the picture and right away I see it, you know. <laughs> uh as you know like the film just like two, 10 years you know well hey i have a bag full of mini dv tapes in case you want to like knock yourself out and uh delayed gratification <laughs> <laughs> sift sift through 10 you know 10 years of uh, me being on the road as, as a rapper or whatever but yo send them over man I, i'm down i'm down bro Okay, you know, when, I've been a fan of yours for a long time, so that's why I said, man, I'm excited to be in this podcast. I never thought, I was like, holy shit, I'm going to be on Chingo's podcast. I can't believe it, man. Hey, I've were, been a fan of yours for a long time, bro. Yeah, hey, you were about to cut me off. You're like, why the hell he still ain't had me on his podcast? <laughs> yeah, I was like, yo, what the hell, man? Nah. <laughs> uh, I, no. You have to earn it. You have to earn it, man. Man. Hey, but no, but for real, though, uh, we could have that combo... Um, off the air but yeah I, I for real have like hella old mini dv tapes and um right now there's a really dope editor director here in town and um i i let him hold some of them so yeah. hopefully i'm gonna follow up with him uh, andrew benavides hopefully he'll have because i think what we're gonna do is do like some throwback thursday stuff like you know i'm gonna let he's a really dope editor i'll let him go through and see if he can piece together some little one minute I don't know what his vision is or what direction, but uh, long story short, I, I literally have a bag. It, I, I went through some of it because I was trying to um, convert it, you know, it's mini DV yeah. tape. So I, I had to buy an old little camera off of Amazon. I had to buy the little like adapter thing and yeah. the RCAs and then it'd go from RCA to USB uh, and then you open up the software. I, I ran into some... I'm I'm not like the most techiest person, and uh, I had some problems with it. Starts asking for like serial codes and all this <laughs> crap. But uh, long story short, I was able to preview it with the camera. So I started going through some tapes, and I was like, "Man, you're right. Like, like how you could be working on something for for so long, and some of it's a blur. Some of it that's like painful. You kind of like block. Uh, at least that's my experience. You know, with, in the music business." Um, some stuff it's you know memory lane uh not a whole lot of regret but it's but there's just like man i was just young and you know just tried it and went for it and didn't know like literally tried to ride a technology wave that i, I had no idea like 
everything was changing. So I'm sure you experienced that making this film. Like the law was changing every other day. These yeah. people's family situations. People were, you know, not on the crew anymore. Or I bet that was like just trying to like tame a ever changing beast. Yeah, man, and and you get it, you get it. I mean, you know, and um, yeah, it's it, it, so much. It's so many things happen that that, like you said, it's a blur sometimes, or you block it. And and uh, yeah, now you have me wanting to go back and and get like family mini DVs, man, and and convert them because uh, that that's very important. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, yeah. actually, you know what? My this is is interesting. Uh, small world, but uh, my friend Craig. I uh, went to high school with him in Jersey. He lives in D.C., Craig White. And um, I can send you his um, his Instagram and stuff, but I- I'm not 100% sure, like, what he's up to these days. But I know he is, like, a filming, editing, like, f- fanatic. Like, he uh, he really um, does a good job of documenting, uh, like, his, his son's like just daily hanging out like he'll chop it up for for the gram and then um, there and there was actually like a really touching thing he did on youtube uh of like his father um like final moments like everything yeah just like footage and damn yeah so he he's a pretty dope editor and it's crazy because i went to high school with him and uh you know but um who knows man maybe you guys should link up you know he's actually yeah yeah he's actually in dc yeah, yeah, link us up, link us up, man. For sure. Okay, and um, when are you going to San Miguel? Because uh, after we have this kid, we're trying to travel again. <laughs> uh, hey, man, you just give me give me the, the dates and we're off to San Miguel, man. Uh, awesome, dog. Okay, hey. Uh, yeah, we can kick with Paco. Yeah, dude, I haven't seen Paco in probably like 20, probably 20 years. Easily, easily 20, probably more than that. Yeah, I just I just recently well not re- well yeah I guess uh, a few months a few months ago no in October Jesus uh, time flies man uh-huh. October of last year um, yeah I saw him last and uh, yeah he's doing pretty well in, man he's doing pretty well in San Miguel is that where you in went? San Miguel yeah it was a, a ch- yeah we had a, a, a childhood friend of ours who got who got married and so we went to his wedding that's awesome so, yeah, yeah. All, all my friends from um, from high school they'd be like dude paco right now he's probably like the president of mexico (laughs) you know what i mean because he's he's super smart so like yeah he was like wall street for a minute and you know now he's running you know el pri o el pan sepa la madre (laughs) (laughs) yeah man no now he's in san miguel man uh with his wife and kids so uh yeah man just uh let me know and and we can all go down and 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 to San Miguel and, and see Paco. Cool, and, and hopefully we see you in DC. Do, do we do we know we're doing DC? No. Oh, okay. We're gonna skip out on DC. We're gonna let the demand. What? Well, we gotta let the demand build up, man. I, my my goal with DC is to um, I just gotta go harder with the promo or harder with like um, uh, just like reaching out and developing the the audience out there so that when we come. Usually we're there like on Sundays. Usually it's like a show or two, maybe. Yeah. It's like a show or two on a Sunday. But um, I mean, I'm sure if we did, if they gave us a Friday and a Saturday, we probably could pull some more people. Um, but uh, yeah, 
we, we'll plan it out. And, yeah, so just so you know about that, um, sorry if you can keep this off the Oh, you want to stop it? Okay, well, look, let me just tell you, peace. Hey, man, so uh, also I know you have prints for sale, like for your photography, like framed and stuff. Tell them your website and, and just whatever you want to remind them of with, with the documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please go check out the documentary. It's called Farewell, Ferris Wheel. It's on Netflix right now. Just type in Farewell, Ferris Wheel. Uh, if you want to check out my work, go to www.migmartinez.com or Instagram, themigmartinez.com. Oh, that com. Jeez. The Mig Martinez. <laughs> T-H-E-M-I-G Martinez. Uh, that's on Instagram. So, yeah. That that sounds like you're about to rap. T H E M I G P O P P P P A. No info for the D. Cool man. Thanks a lot for skyping me this evening, and um, I, I just want to let the world know, man. Like it's just a entertaining. It's just a. I mean, you guys managed to create a story out of footage. Y'all 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 showed like the human side of just regular people going about their business not knowing that they're at the center <laughs> of this <laughs> of this whole debate and topic and just you know kudos to you congrats to you for like sacrificing being on the on that bus for a week going to mexico going to like all the different places y'all went you were literally like a carny for a little while yeah pretty much man pretty much i'm sure yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm sure at times you were like Feeling it like and la madre, let me help them take this shit down. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, a huevo, man. Congratulations, man. Farewell, Thank Ferris you. Wheel out now on Netflix. Thank you, Miguel. Thank you, man.